All right, guys, welcome back to the Coach's Corner. We're going to break our mid-conversation sentence to start the podcast today. Clearly, we're distance um, because of kids being sick and it happens during the, the winter months. But um, Coach Jason here. Kay- Kaylin, how are you doing? Yes. Doing good. So, yes, we were just talking and I'm like, hang on, I just hit record and we're going to start the podcast. Because today's conversation, I didn't want to get too far into it off camera or off recording, but... Um, the question I posed to coach Caitlin today was how do we know if what we're doing is good enough or is working? And that is a very broad statement and it can mean a lot of things, whether it be, you know, at a relationship, at your job with fitness, with your weight releasing aspirations, whatever it may be. Now, clearly being fitness coaches, we are, you know, we're going to use the fitness world as, as a way to kind of you know, speak to some wisdom to this thing. Uh, but when I asked you that question, Caitlin, what was your first kind of reaction when you thought about that? Like, how do, how, how do you judge? How do we, okay, how do you for yourself and then you for your clients help to judge with what we're doing, activities, habits is enough or not? Uh, well, what we're about really here at CrossFit is, is better. I want to live better. So anything that's slightly better is good. Uh, we talked about this at our last nutrition meeting at the end, because I, I think a lot of people can get discouraged when they're in a, you know, a six week crunch of like, okay, I'm going to try to fix all my habits, <laughs> all my nutritional I habits. I didn't lose hundred pounds. <laughs> when, we, when we make hundreds of, of nutritional choices a day, yeah. I'm going to fix all those in six weeks, you know, and make it all good. Um, and then they get to the end of it and they're like, oh, dang, this was. I didn't make as much as many changes as I thought I would. I haven't seen as many results. This is frustrating. Like, did I do it wrong? And I think we just tend to be too impatient with ourselves and uh, want results quickly. So two pieces there, like one, 1% increase is good. That's still valid. And then can we shift our focus away from just outcome definition of success and go into more process um to broaden our definition of success i actually was just on a a zoom call last night with a sports psychologist and he's specifically speaking to weightlifters which is one of the most perfectionist sports (laughs) probably out there i mean you have six if you if you listening didn't hear the eye roll it was definitely there yeah you have six lifts to basically prove your success from the last probably like 12 to 16 weeks of work. Yeah. Imagine that pressure. Yep. Just like an Olympian. Yeah. 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 Um, and so getting, getting out of like, I need either hitting these numbers or beating this other competition. Um, the biggest thing he had people think about as athletes was what, what else, like, how do we define success? And if we only limit it to, you know, me beating this other competitor, there's so many things outside of my control that it, it is so easy to get discouraged and feel like, yeah, I didn't do enough when it's like, okay, really, I, I can't predict what their training cycle was like. I can't control, you know, that they didn't have an injury and I did, or it, like, there's so many different factors. Um, so that would be the other aspect I would throw in there is like, how are we defining success? And I would encourage people to go more process. So things that we do have control over versus just 
outcome because that's usually how we want to measure it. Yeah. Which I, is typically I, like for like you said, our nutrition programs for most people, what do they do? What do we do? We put all the the aspirations and the hopes on the scale, like all our, yeah. all our person's diligence and hard work. And what does the scale say? Like that's the holder of our emotions or our success is found on the scale. And you know, I know like the scale, not say lies to you, but there's so many things that manipulate or can influence what's happening. Um, but we tend to find that with people, like we try to, to that all success model, the one thing to hold it in, in place. Like, Hey, listen, let's look at all of the things that you're doing better with. So yeah, I love you go, that. go performance related. We just had a, a max squat clean test yesterday in Olympic lifting class. Some people did increase the numbers. Okay. It's like, all right. Yeah. Their hard work's showing off. And then some people, the number on the, on the bar didn't change, but there were a lot of other things that were good. You know, they were, they were consistent in showing up to class, their technique improved. They were able to hit heavier weights more consistently. Like they were able to hit, say their, their 90% most of the time they touch the barbell instead of only like the off chance that they might, might hit it. Which I think is, I find this a lot with people um, doing as long as I have like a lot of interaction conversations. It's so tempting to kind of just fluff that off. Oh, my technique is better. I didn't freaking PR, who cares? Like, no, there's a structure or there is a foundation needed. There's pillars needed to uphold the main goal you have, whether it be a PR and a lift, or let's say 20 pounds weighing less, you know, there's things, there's support structures that are needed for that to happen. Okay. Yeah. In, and if it didn't good, happen, right. Yeah. If it didn't happen right now, those support structures are the piece. We'll allow it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the, versus the- what we typically face in this industry is you'll be, there's, there's ways to cheat that to get the 20 pounds off in the two weeks, you'll, you'll have that success, but at what cost? And we typically find that, well, it costs you, you're going to gain 20, but 30 pounds back, you know, it messes with your, you know, everything, like things can fall apart. You might get the 20 pounds, but you did it in a cheap, cheap way, not knowing to you skirting the rules of success. So I love this question. Go ahead. Great example right there. Talking about cheating. So the sports psychologist used the analogy of um, he called it like, showing your, your work. So we talk about like consistency and technique improvements and stuff like that. And yeah, people just want to like blow it off. But if you like take the example of like a, a test, a math test is a great example. Okay. If you write down all of your work to show like how you're getting to your answer, but the answer is off by a little bit, hopefully you have a good teacher and they give you credit for showing all the different work that you put into solving the issue. Yeah. Okay. And then they can find the, the little error that you made along the way. But if I cheated and just memorized the answer to that math question, like I stole the answers from another student or something, then, okay. I was able to pass that test that day, but it won't, it doesn't serve me in the long run. Yeah. You won't pass the test necessarily tomorrow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good analogy to like what good coaching will do for you is all right, let's, we got to get into the weeds and see what habits need to be replaced, what uh, beliefs need to be replaced, you know, what um, thought or questions we ask ourselves need to be replaced with better 
in order for the equation to work. I think it's a really good analogy as far as success in life, whatever you want to achieve in life, there's an equation to it. There's a, there's a way to have that outcome be there. And what we find with it is um, it's human nature to um, at a certain point in time of work, I think, I think I should have been here. I feel I should be at this level, but I'm only here. And that conversation, I think we have with ourselves as people a lot. Um, so share, share real briefly um, what you just told me before we started about why you have a nutrition coach and what you glean from her as far as why you pay her, even though you know a lot about nutrition. Again, we said before other podcasts, you coach other people on nutrition. What specifically in regards to this, have you found beneficial from having a coach in your corner? The biggest help has been the perspective. So I respect her as a, as an expert in the field. Um, and she, I'm certain there's, there's stuff I probably know about nutrition that she might not. And there's stuff she knows that I don't, but it's less about the knowledge and more about like the application of it. And the fact that she can look at my habits and my food logs with, uh, no emotion attached and give me some feedback on that. And usually the feedback is you're doing really well here, here, and here. Maybe we tweak this, but get, be patient with yourself, Caitlin. Because as much as I know it takes time, like we're all human and we would rather have results now versus later, or we put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Oh, I should, you know, release this much body fat in this amount of time. Or I really want this to happen here. And like, this should be paying off in this way. And it's like, well, it, just might not happen that way. And it doesn't mean that I'm a failure. I'm not putting in the work. I just don't have as much control of that outcome as I maybe thought I did. Um, and I just, I may just need more time doing the right things over and over and over again. Which is uh, some great answers. So here's what I thought of to give some really some good structure to this. I think for people is understanding there's a couple of correlates that matter. What I'm thinking of is um, being in the fitness field um, when you first start a fitness program versus being, let's say a year in or 10 years plus, like there's, there's a different expectations on results, how things change from a beginning to a, let's say a middle, or you've been in this thing for a long, long time. And then same thing for you and your example there with um, certain things, just the require the component of time. And you can't rush it. You can try and it's always going to fail or it's going to crumble, but specifically weight releasing, there's an element of time that is just needed. So you can be doing the exact right things. You just need to give your body time for those things to then pan out and actually bear fruit. In that example, there's some things that we can't control. We can't control body types or what's just happening in each side of each person's body. There's some things that we can control. Um, so let's say there first, let's say in the weight release, weight loss, we like the word release a little bit differently um, because if we feel we use the word loss, you want to go look for it kind of thing. It seems silly, but it does matter in the overall scheme of things. But in our job for in your, a person starting the weight release journey, um, what typically happens? Have you seen from like day one, the first month, first two months, what's most commonly 
is the result that people get. Uh, if they attempt it well, or if they try to shortcut? Um, well. Okay. Um, so if they're doing it well, uh, they'll probably, usually people are, are eating more carbs and salt and processed food than they, they think they are. And so usually if they're cleaning up their diet a little bit, they'll lose a couple pounds because, and that's mostly water weight because our body retains water for carbs and salt. Um, but there is but typically, and I'll agree like a, a larger reaction initially, because for most people, they're not eating supportive enough, as we call it. They're eating a lot of foods that um, don't allow them to, or main, force them to maintain a higher water retention, as you mentioned, carbohydrates, yeah. sodium, a lot of processed foods. So we have this initiation of, wow, the body's really releasing for the majority of people. I and mean, there's also a camp of people that that doesn't happen with. Yeah. And then you go, we are very pulled in to say, well, group A, who's having changes is doing it correctly. And group B, who's not seeing the changes, well, they must be doing it incorrectly. And what we're saying, and I think you said eloquently before, is that, well, what's the measurement of success? And that is important to know as far as wisdom goes with that. So let's ask, I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some direct wisdom on that as far as what are ways and concrete, meaning ones that like carry a little more weight to them. Um, Cause I know there's like a million different answers that we can put out here as far as all the things that are better in, but what would you, what have you, what would you like help a person shift their perspective to know if their initiation of a weight or nutrition plan is working for them? Uh, well, we passed out this kind of cool bookmark last time we did a nutrition challenge that had 16 different markers of progress, markers of success. Uh, I'm not going to remember them all right off the top of my head. Um, Mine are still in the fridge. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Can you see them? I'll get them, but go ahead. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, so obviously you're going to have like the scale and body fat percentage are on there. Um, but I just love how much it broadens literally the picture of what success could look like. Cause sometimes it, it isn't actually just, it isn't the scale yet. Um, and so I know, um, change in habits, improved sleep. You actually got 20 on here. Oh, there's 20. Oh gosh. Yeah. See? No, definitely. I wasn't going to remember all, all right. of those. So um, not that you have to remember all of them, but let's say this, give what, give people three legs to stand on. So I kind of, I know what I want to get to. I, I'm not trying to lead you. Like I want a fresh, honest answer for me. Not that you're being this, dishonest, but when we coach nutrition people, we know you and I, that I can't trust the scale. Meaning I don't know what's going to happen in the scale for this person. I don't want them on it a whole lot because for most people, because they've been taught prior to that they put all their weight in the success on what the scale says. Why, well, how do I help them kind of ignore that, but focus on these, let's say three main things. And there's, I mean, obviously there's 20 here and all of them are good. Like they're not like bad answers. They're all truth. 
if you give three main legs to stand on as a coach, what would you typically kind of guide people towards a nutrition plan? Does that make sense? Things to look for. Okay. I would like these three things are happening. Hey, you're going to be successful kind of thing. Does that make sense? Okay. So more habit related. Cause you know that, I mean, we know that if I, if I input this habit, I'm pretty much going to get this outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you meant like success markers that were different than the scale. Um, well, I mean, our, our basic habits are eating fruits and vegetables and eating protein. And if you can do those two things, that's great. The other one I put in is water. Like make sure you're drinking enough water. So like those, I would say that if I would give three things, it'd be the same thing. I uh, get your 800 grams in, get your protein marker in, and then what is your weight doing? So we kind of go towards lean towards a caloric intake point piece of it. Cause there's a lot of, it's hundred percent true. Um, to lose or to gain just depending upon how much you're taking in. And then it comes from there, like how the person's doing it and what works yeah, for so them. Tracking, tracking overall calories to see kind of what the, right, what right. the scale is, is doing. Yeah. Which is, is a little bit tricky because again, the scale can change for a variety of reasons. So then you're looking for like, if people are doing this on their own, like what the coach is looking for is I'm looking for trends. The yeah. scale is going to go, and no one can see me, but the scale is going to go up and down like this little zigzag sort of thing. Ideally, the zigzag is trending down, but you, we got to like help people realize that when it does spike up a little bit, that <laughs> doesn't mean you didn't lose all your results. Right. Um, there's just a little bit of a shift. So as long as it's the trend is going down um, and you can do that in a couple of different ways. The other the other way to track it would be um, some kind of body fat percentage testing with a coach or, um, would you recommend this kind of testing or measurement of success? Would you recommend it every hour, every day, every week, every month, longer period of time? Uh, I think it partially depends on the person. So, uh, it, for me personally, it depends on my headspace. And if I can uh, be okay with looking at a certain number on the scale and still go about my day in a normal manner. If I'm, if I have a lot of other stressors going into my life, that may not be a good thing for me to see. <laughs> um, Cause what I don't <laughs> want it to do is I don't want it to affect my decision-making. Yeah, It's just information. So if I can treat it as just information, then I I'll actually try to my, weigh myself every day or every other day, because that gives me a more accurate trend. More data points, more equals, data points yeah, to see because it is going to go up and down. And if I just happen to step on the scale on the day that I weigh a little bit more, it can freak me out if I only weigh in once a week. That being said, I also have to set realistic expectations in that I'm not going to see weight go off every single day or even every single week. And then you can go into like, the closer you are to your body's kind of maybe if we can say ideal body weights, the harder it is to release, like the lower your body fat percentage, the, the harder it is and the slower, slower, things, yeah, yeah. slower it's going to be. So what I'm trying to get to, hopefully trying to paint this picture. Let's specifically for weight loss. We'll use that generic term for most people. Um, Cause most people have attempted that process before and, and, 
So what I want to pull out is that a couple of different things are important for us to understand is like how much change is needed for you from a nutrition standpoint. So how bad were you eating prior to compared to how good or how clean you're going to shift towards that makes a giant impact on what kind of changes you're going to feel immediately. If you're already eating pretty good and then we can still have improvement, you may not feel the, you know, aha, wow, this is amazing feeling anymore. Like eating a chicken breast, you know, like, um, yep. so that's part of it. Number two then would be, um, having the correct measurement tool. So what I'm hearing you say is correctly put is it matters and it's independent on the individual. So there is truth to measure daily. There's truth to measure every six months when it comes to weight loss, both mm -hmm. are correct answers. And the better answer is depends if you can stay neutral and hold consistency in the three pillars that matter for you to move the thing forward. We believe those three pillars are getting your protein in, okay, specifically 0.7 grams of protein per body per body weight up to a up to a grand of protein mm -hmm. per body weight. Hitting your 800 grams fruits and vegetables. Thank you EC Sinkowski for her stuff. And then overall caloric intake. Those three pillars you can live and die on. And then how well your success depends on your consistency. And then to your point, your data information coming in. So if you don't measure anything, don't record anything, okay, you can still do those three principles, but you're kind of winging it. You're guessing a little bit as far as where those things are, are at. Not everyone likes to be super detailed and macro oriented to log every single thing that goes into their mouth. Well, there's an advantage to that. Then you'll have better data better information to know, oh, I'm trying these three things, but I was really off in my protein. I'm really low and my calories are super high. I didn't realize how much I was eating. I thought I was doing pretty good. Both are correct answers. One may be better depending upon the individual. Okay. Awesome answers. Thank you. That unprovoked and you nailed it. Hit out of the park. Um, all right, let's go with the fitness journey in the sense of um, we're coming up in the end of this year and the beginning of next year, people are going to start thinking of this thing concept of, man, I need to get in better shape. How do we, how do you help guide someone? Same thing. They come in brand new day one. What are things that we can intelligently coach them on as far as expectations? This is what might happen, or here's commonalities to people like you in the situation, which I think is kind of mirrors a little bit with the weight loss nutrition thing, but um, uninfluenced to your question to you, coach, what have you said and what would you say if you had someone come in this afternoon, who's brand new on their fitness journey, how do we tell them what appropriate expectations and ways to measure success? How would we do that? Uh, so the general guideline that we've given people is move more days than you're not moving. So if we look at a seven day week, four out of the seven days, you're moving. And Does it matter what I'm doing though? It, Does it matter movement, what I'm doing? Movement can look totally different depending on. But this on magazine the told me I should do cardio first and then weight second. Well, if you, do you like doing cardio first and weight second? I'm just I'm new to the gym. That, that this is what <laughs> I heard. Well, you just come to class and we'll tell you exactly what to do. It's <laughs> easier. Uh, I think a lot of people actually like I'm making a joke out of it, but a lot of people get hung up in the weeds and never then That's actually. Yes. And. 
I, I honestly, I've said this before. I don't care if you do Zumba as long as you're moving um, and nothing against Zumba. Like if you like it, yeah. good, cool, go do that. Um, but we, our society has developed to this point where most of us don't have manual labor jobs and aren't very moving. active at all. Like we're sitting for so much of the day um, and you can Google the starrets and sitting is the new smoking you want more info on that um but yeah like we we just need to be moving for circulation and joint health and mental health and all these different things never mind what our waste all the health stuff <laughs> like all literally the, all, the, all the health all stuff the health stuff and so yeah. then it's and then i would challenge the person based on what's what's their set point coming in like okay i'm walking four days a week but i'm not seeing progress okay, I think you're ready to step it up. Let's add in some weight training. Let's do that a couple days a week. If I have someone coming in that's like, I don't do anything, I just have a desk job, then maybe four days of walking is their starting point. Yeah. So just depends on the on the person. Like if you want to level up at some point, you have to do, you just have to do something different than what you're doing right now to continue challenging your body to keep inducing change. So tell me as a professional level two CrossFit coach, your response to someone is to move more than they're resting. Yep. Don't overcomplicate it. Now I love that. Cause I believe the same way. So I'm just kind of being dramatic in the sense of there's a lot of rules, right? Isn't there like, there's tons of rules that I know I've been taught in, you know, you read articles and search things. I mean, I mean 20 there, plus years yeah, of can, stuff. You can dig into that. And that, like, there are definitely reasons uh, even just health wise that like, we should do resistance training. It's important for our bones. Like if you are only swimming and not doing any weight bearing activities, okay. You're then not as healthy. Yeah. We need some balance there. So yeah, sure. There's some nuances, but again, most people like overthink it and then just, just don't do anything. Like they're afraid to not do it perfectly. And so. All right. So let's say this, let's pause you there. Why from your perspective is that saying of just move more than you're resting? Why does that work? Like, what does that create for somebody in that answer, which is very, very simplistic, which we know, but is very simplistic, very both general and then has to then be very specific to to your, the words you use, set points of where they're coming in. Like where, what's their exposure experience with exercise? Why does that work? Why does saying, hey, does this move more than we're resting? Why does that work? Uh, I, I think there's value and simplicity that I'm not overcomplicating it. And it it feels very doable. Like if someone were to just tell me like, Hey, you should move more than you're sitting. It's just, I can do that. I'm very logical. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like if I want to want to be healthier, I should outweigh my sitting with some movement. And then, yeah, if it doesn't feel intimidating because it's just like, okay, thank you. I was looking for some specific words and that's one of them. When most people recognize that we people, we, us humans, don't go to the gym. And the number one reason is not what you think, not that I feel out of shape and then people will be looking at me, which is probably number two. Um, the number one reason is they feel intimidated, embarrassed. They don't know where to stand. Like the intimidation, awkwardness, I, I don't know what to do when I get there. Like, I don't want to stand and, and use someone else's spot. So like this, this uh, courtesy thing 
mm-hmm. to other people is actually the that's the number one reason. And then number two, then is I just feel like I'm out of shape, and everyone's gonna be looking at me like, well, no, everyone feels that way. That's why they're there. So the intimidation factor we have learned as coaches, like if we simplify like this thing to the lowest denominator, we use this example before, like the guy from um, who wrote the Atomic Habits, like drive past the gym and then go home, drive there, get out of the car go to the front door and then go home. Like the concept of creating the space for the habit to exist, which we understand when we're planting plants, you got to have good soil for the flower to grow or the vegetable you're trying to grow, grow. But oftentimes we don't create the same environment for you and I, when it comes to this idea of success, which you mentioned it a little while ago is the, or maybe the answer here as well. Um, one of the number one correlates that we found that helps people feel good about themselves is if they're accomplishing something, if they're actually like moving the needle forward, whatever the needle may be, but the feeling of accomplishing is what we should seek out and create and lean into more so than we even are like to really double down on that principle. So yeah, getting out of bed on time. Awesome. That's a win. Hey, I had protein for breakfast. Dude, that's awesome. That's a win for you. Like, that's so cool. Like, it seems silly to some people who may be exercising eight hours a day in the gym to say, let's just go walk for four days this week. But it is also then appropriate that that for that person, that builds success, that builds momentum, that builds you're accomplishing something. So I I like that term as far as being the intimidation thing. Yeah. And then I guess like, as far as going back to one of my first points is, perspective from a coach like what can you expect out of yourself progress wise um we want to get real detailed like cardio is going to come faster to someone when they start working on it than strength will strength just biologically takes time time to build uh and i would say mobility is also on the takes a little bit longer usually than people expect it well to make to see changes (laughs) I trust my hamstrings. Where's my flexibility? (laughs) Mainly because they've practiced being stiff for a long time in their life. Yeah. And so we need to like count. Which is where that whole like sitting is the new smoking thing, which has a lot, like a lot of truth to it. Like we sit as a society and it's killing us. It's causing a lot of damage in inactivity. Cancer is set and all that stuff goes through. So um, there's other things we can chase as far as like, you know, relationships and jobs and careers. I think there's a commonality that I'm hearing you talk about what was in my head prior to this conversation. Then you're pulling it out and what you're saying is it matters like where you're coming in at. So again, if you're new to the game, changes are going to happen quick for you. So we know that someone comes to the gym who's new to exercise, man, they're going to be on high for the next six to nine, 12 months. But we don't, we don't have to do much. As long as they keep coming, man, they're going to really love they're changing. And we have members that we've had for eight, nine, 10 years, you know, and to have someone like that um, PR like means we know what that means. Like those, yeah, they might not have seen a PR in a long time. Been coming here for, you know, right. been doing CrossFit for nine years. And it doesn't mean they're not successful. There is just as, if not more dedicated, I got a couple of people in mind who come four or five days a week, but because we're already there to your point, the leaner you get, the harder it is to get leaner. Like, it takes perspective. So it takes where, let's call it your set point, where you're coming in at and your, my thumb, look at that. The new AI of, of Zoom pops in. I've heard if you do three, two, one, there's balloons. That didn't work. Um, so set point and then I lost my second point. Balloons. 
how you measure success. Like what, what is an appropriate measurement of success? So mm-hmm. to our point, like if you're brand new, like, Hey, showing up is the win. If you've been with us for 10 years and you've been showing up, all right, well, what can be the win for you? You know, maybe be as small as a detail of what your foot is doing in this lift or what your grip is doing here, because that nuance, that domino effect will then lead you to a, a PR. Had a conversation yeah. last night with somebody and I told her, I go, you're lifting heavier, more consistently because you're doing this simple thing. Recognize that. And you're doing it more often because of that, you're having success when you're new it may not matter how you're lifting, you're going to have PRs because it's all new. But at some point, the newness wears off. As the newness wears off, then we have to really kind of dial in and be really sp- and lean into the set pillars of habits that we know time tested will prove results. All right. If so you if you go ahead. I was going to say, if you don't know what you should expect, uh, maybe you should ask an expert in the field, like ask your coach. coach. I'm going to get t-shirts uh, made that says, ask a, ask a coach. <laughs> ask a coach. Yes. Like, we love questions. Like, <laughs> honestly, Jason and I love, love questions. Um, but yeah, I, I surprise people all the time when I'm like, yeah, when you're working on fat release, like probably a half a pound to a pound for women a week. And then maybe one to two pounds for a guy a week. Yeah. Like that's like tops. And it might be less than that. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, and I feel like yeah. it's just because you see the magazine covers so yeah. much that you're just, yeah. you have these crazy expectations for yourself. And then all of a sudden you get the science behind it and you're like, oh, healthy weight loss is that slow? Oh, yeah. okay. Like, I guess I'm on track. And then you feel better and you want to keep going. And so you keep going with the healthy habits and then you ultimately get to where you want to be. Yeah. And can maintain it. Yeah. I think we talk all the time about like the, my new phrase is put in the bank, but like, um, what, what beautiful thing about fitness is the results you get come directly from the work that you put in or the work that you didn't put in. Meaning if you have a lack of results, it's because you lack of work put in. So it's one of the things that has a one-to-one ratio. You either got to put the work in and earn it, or you don't. There is no free lunch when it comes to the fitness thing, which for a lot of people is tough because we want to have like instant results, instant feedback, instant this, instant that. So I think that was the word I was looking for is that set points where you came in and then expectations, what should be your expectation? Cause it's going to be different depending upon what your, your, your set point is where you come in through this thing. And then also like where you're trying to get to. So again, CrossFit athletes, game athletes, they spend eight hours a day in the gym. So they're exercising every day. So it's not about like doing that. It's not a win for them or a measurement of success. What could be a measurement of success is going to be different because they're already, they're, what they're accomplishing is so different than someone who's beginning their journey. So know that how you measure success as a human has some commonalities across the board, where you're starting from, what should be proper expectations. And I would, I would agree with you in every situation, in every area of your life, you need a coach, someone with objective wisdom to give you some feedback on, Hey, you're being an idiot or, Hey, you're actually really good here. You're on point. This hold, hold the line, keep going. And we all need that in every area of life to make sure that those things that are important to us are succeeding. Um, all right, coach, that was kind of cool. I like, I like these kind of like on the cusp conversations with you. It's, it's always fun. Um, any final thoughts from your end on this topic of how to measure success and what's appropriate as far as expectations? I feel like we covered it. You got nothing else right now. I like it. 
I like your braid today. Thanks. You look, you look very like uh, comfy. <laughs> you look super comfy. I'm trying to heated. Say in the 20 degree weather, I'm heated wearing vest. my heated vest from Pam. Shout out to Pam. Does that go on? How long does that last for? Um, I don't know. But it's it's heated, so I, I'm happy. Like it's a heated, heated seat along the way. All right. Um, cool. Thanks, guys, again. Share the stuff. Like us. Comment. We love questions. Um, keep keep those coming. And until um, next time, we'll see you, Coach. See yeah. ya.